1: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello,
0: and welcome to the long talk here on New Zealand Sports Radio, and we have yet another international star um, to chat to today. He has been ranked number one in the world. Uh, in windsurfing, and has also represented New Zealand at the Olympics, as well as coached many people uh, as well. Which is going to be a fantastic journey that we're going to talk about. Because it's taken him around the world, by the looks of things. Welcome onto the show, uh,
2: J.P. Tobin. How are you doing, sir? Very well. A um, bit of a nippy morning, but we've got some sun, so um, can't complain.
0: Yeah. Well, you've got yourself a nice, a nice, a nice puffer coat, puff, puff, uh, puffer coat on there, so you be, you'll be, you're all nice, wrapped up and warm um so you'll be you'll be fine um yes so what was your first sporting experience or sporting memory
2: sporting memories well actually um uh, it would probably be back uh in the days when i was as in a hopi beach so um we had the um the hopi um, beach little um football team there so uh uh the hopi blues so we actually managed to win the uh, eastern bay um conference way back in the day but um that was really, before I became more, I guess, individual um, sport uh, focused when uh, windsurfing really took over. But um, I, probably the first early memories were the were the team days with with the Ahopee Blues.
0: Uh, so you started off as as, a, as footballers in soccer rather than uh, rather than rugby, unlike uh, a lot of Kiwi uh, Kiwi kids.
2: Yeah, it was just kind of the the theme that was at the beach, you know. I mean, um, it was more um, football orientated um, or soccer orientated. So our local parks were um, there was no uprights, so I guess we just we just went with with the flow.
0: Oh, cool! So it's, it's, it makes a bit different because uh, a, a lot of the stories start off with oh, barefoot, five year old, um, full contact rugby, and watching the All Blacks at three o'clock in the morning with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you took a different route in, which is which which is great. Uh, so obviously on the beach, I guess being in the water was something you did a lot. Uh, and w- I guess, um, what, did, you, did you start off straight away into windsurfing or did you do a bit of surfing? Did you do a bit of pad, a canoeing, a bit of other type of, of yachting? Did you mix it all up uh, or, was, or was it straight no, into windsurfing?
2: Interestingly enough, straight into windsurfing. I mean, I was, um, I was a bit of a black sheep in that respect because um, everybody else was surfing at the beach. you know. And um, <clears throat> surfing for me only really came, came along at a later date. Uh, so I was, um, yeah, caught by the, caught by the wind, I guess, at that point. Uh, so yeah, windsurfing, uh, captured all my imagination. Um, with, it was, it was an odd an odd scenario with all my buddies cause they were all surfing. Um, and I was, I was the, I was the windsurfer. So, um, um, surfing now though. So yeah. Oh, so
0: you surf, you, you surf now, you say the, um, a, a bit of kite surfing as well or? or? Not
2: so much kiting. Um, I've kind of everything's kind of more getting gearing towards the foils now. So um, a lot of uh, foil surfing, uh, and now um, my latest um, addiction, I guess you could say, is uh, with the wing. Uh, these little inflatable hand wings, which um, just give you just enough power to um, to get up on the foil. So in a lot of respects, it's just coming back to that simplicity, trying to find um, the simplest way to enjoy the ocean.
0: And it's it's all it's all it's say it's. It's about it's enjoyment now. You're not. Uh, you're not. Are you, or, or are you still competing, and, and still got those competitive juices
2: going? Still competing. Still competing in every everything. If it's, if it's not against somebody else, it'd be against myself. You know. So it's trying to learn new moves. Or um, at the moment, wind foiling is, is coming on stream pretty strong for the next games, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 2024. So um, the current Olympic class that I've been competitive for it's, uh, most of my career is actually evolving. But. Um, Works for me because that's actually what what is, has brought me back into the wind surfing or the wind foiling side of things. So, um, and now trying to uh, actually bring um, a new crop of um, New Zealand windsurfers or wind foilers up to speed.
0: Well, so that you're, you're so you're you're working with a group um, and there's some support and coaching there during your when when, you, when you're progressing through the ranks. Um, were there and did you have those sort of coaching groups, or was it much more? You say individually, was it was it about you? Did you have to be self motivated a lot more, or, did, or, or were there coaching coaching pathways and high high performance pathways
2: for you? No, very much more um, self motivated. So, but I guess at that point in time, I was very lucky in that um, I was following in the footsteps of, of giants. So, um, with Bruce Kendall, Aaron McIntosh, Barbara Kendall. So, it was at a time when New Zealand windsurfing was was very very strong, and I was just coming. Um, Following along on the tail end of that, uh, it's it's uh, windsurfing has taken a little bit of a, a, a hiatus over the last few years, let's say, um, and now with with wind foiling, and suddenly we have a um, uh, a, a new group of young young guys and and girls um, who are like me, um, yeah, captured by this new new form of of um, well, flying across the ocean, but with on, on a windsurfer.
0: And it, that's. We 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 had a very quick chat last week. You said this is the way that a lot of these, uh, the the, lot of the sailing classes are going. I mean, obviously we've seen it in the America's Cup at the top end, in the kind of guess the Formula One style of uh, is 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 where a lot lot of us have seen it. But a lot of the smaller categories now, it's much uh, this the foiling is is very accessible to uh,
2: to to your to your normal sailors. Yeah, but I I think it's just um, it's more than that. It's it's creating a it is, I mean, ultimately, it just boils down to just enjoying what you do. So I think what the foiling does is just um, – I don't know quite what it is. Like, I, I would probably be at a, at a point in, in my career that I have done had done so much windsurfing by that point that I, I probably never would have windsurfed again. Um, but suddenly I, I made this um, – Decision to, to, to order this foil. Um, I actually forgot about it, and then um, suddenly, when it arrived, the, the, the shop rang me and said um, your foils arrived. And uh, and I didn't um, didn't really recall that I'd ordered this thing, but um, I, I'm glad I did. And then suddenly, we've we've had um, a lot of the other uh, Aaron McIntoshes is, is coming back in, um, and and it's like we're 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 finding the um, the reasons why we started windsurfing all again, all over again. Uh, and and it's i guess for the for the younger generation as well It's um it's providing that that sport that they 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 purely enjoy so you know after training they'll um they'll keep sailing you know so and that's and that's the beauty of it
0: and i' see for from from the outside looking in it's it's space age it looks exciting um and it, it might become the norm but but for now it's all it's all it's 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 it feels sort of it feels a bit Red Bull, cutting edge, kind of extreme, um, as, as well. To think, well, I'll, I'll, will also appeals people.
2: Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 amazing. It's like um, it's like we're living in the future, really. When you when you, when you're jumping on the foil, it's I just um, it blows my mind every time that that this is this is actually something that that works. <laughs> and as um and as actually, as the, as the equipment is progressing, it's becoming quite um, accessible and, and quite easy. So you're, you're
0: obviously you're back here now um, in New Zealand, but when you were competing, you got to travel around the globe. Was that part of the part of the appeal? Was the the, 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 the travel and going to Europe and going to these exotic locations to to, to do it? Or, was it? or was it purely I want to be the best, I want to compete?
2: Um, what what, what, were your, what was kind of the drivers? um funnily enough i actually just want to be at home (laughs) i i'm I'm my happiest when i'm when i'm in new zealand so i mean if i could have everybody come and compete here um then then that would be my um my first choice but i mean the reality is you know that the center of the sport is europe for for a lot of different sports as well um so that became the driver and you and you had to leave you had to leave to go and compete so um so the competition side was, was definitely the, the driver in that respect. Otherwise I would have been yeah, quite happy just to, just, just to do, just to go on and just keep sailing in New Zealand, you know, even during winter. Um, so, um, yeah, so competition in that respect just became the, the, the primary driver to, to get out there. And, you know, having, having said that, um, the experience of, of traveling, uh, and for extended periods of time in, in Europe, um, is incredible. You know, I mean, what, what an amazing opportunity to um to see so many different different places, um. But you know, it all comes back to the factors um that uh, New Zealand's where it's at. You know, for me personally, um, and so it's always nice to come home. So,
0: uh, I've been talking to, to various volleyball, beach volleyball people, and they're saying how they had to do things. They've had to do things like drive across the continent at the last minute when they've heard there's a space in a tournament um, to go and uh, to, to to suddenly go and enter. And they'll literally drive overnight, arrive the morning of the tournament, and uh, to try and get themselves into getting qualifying points and things like that. Was did you, did you have those sort of issues when you were traveling around Europe, or was it, or, or did you have a nice, or was it planned out? You knew where you were going to be. Um, it was organized, or was it ad hoc and suddenly throw the board on top of the car and off we go, folks? There's some wind over there. The, the, the race is on, um, kind of
2: style. No, typically the the, the competition schedule is, is planned out so you arrive into Europe at a certain time. But um, but having said that, you know we, we travel with a mountain of equipment, so there's there's no flying across Europe. So um, it, typically um, uh, there's a competition a month in Europe or, or two, and you try and fit as many as other ones as you can, um, like small national championships and um, other bits and pieces, just to just to make your time there more um, more full. Um, but yeah, no. Pr- primarily, you, you know, you know your schedule, but you're also travelling across Europe with mountains of equipment on cars and 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 full of um, smelly sailors. So, um, yeah, there's lots of um lot lots of that kind of road tripping stuff. And I guess in, in that respect as well, you, you get to see a lot more of of these countries.
0: Now, uh, I was talking with an uh, international windsurfer, he said he, he leaves a couple of boards in Hawaii because he knows he's always back there. Did you do you ended up? Did you end up leaving equipment in, in Europe or did you have to ship it with the boards all the time?
2: Well, because we do um, so much um, testing, even though the equipment is all technically one design, we do a lot of, a lot of testing at home. So um, ideally, you know, if you're in a scenario where you can have a couple of boards in, left in Europe, um, that's a great position to be in. But um, this kit's not that cheap. So uh, <laughs> it, it often boils down to the fact that you just um, you, you train with the stuff that and then you have a race set which you travel with. So um the whole airline, airline, um, uh, the the balancing act of, of getting that kind of equipment across um, became quite challenging, and progressively more so. But um, yeah, technically, I mean that that would be lovely to be able to leave, you know, sets of equipment around the world, but um, not always um, feasible.
0: So you did, you didn't manage to get New Zealand to be a sponsor or something like that to help you with your with your shipping shipping costs.
2: Uh, at, at at times, and our national airline was actually usually the better one to, um, to travel on. Uh, it, it's more it's more knowing what you're getting into, so um, knowing that you're uh, uh, that you're not going to get stung too much excess baggage. So you, you begin to learn which which airlines to, to travel with, and um, Air New Zealand was, was usually one of the better ones. Yeah. So which was what
0: what, what was the highlight of your competing experiences? So you've, you've number one a couple of times. You went to the Olympics, obviously World Championships. What, what, what was your the big memory or the big or
2: that that was your favourite moment? I think it's just the group of people that that I that I enjoyed training and travelling with, um, particularly during the the build up to the London Olympics, where I was um, I was fortunate enough to start working with with Dorian uh, van Reiselberg and uh, his coach at the time, who, who was Aaron McIntosh, Kiwi. So um, I embedded essentially embedded with the Dutch team, uh, and we just um, lived and breathed weymouth which was where the olympic venue was for the for the london games and um, and became became locals there and and i think it was just just the um just the experiences that you have with that group um you know the competition side of things it, it's not that um ultimately it's not that enjoyable you know in mean, the olympic games and things there's so much um so much going on uh and and such a pressure environment that the enjoyment side of it, yeah, you do your best to, to try and have as much fun as possible. But um, I, I would say it's more more the, the travelling and training with 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 friends. I'd say it's probably the, the highlights.
0: It's funny because you, you mentioned at the beginning you started in a team sport, you went to a solo sport, and now you're talking about actually it's the team or the or the group rather than team, the group environment that you actually enjoy the most. It's uh, yeah, it's interesting. You t- you chose a solo sport, and yet it's the group environment that, that's the the, the most fun bit of it. Um, the um, uh, and when you say you, you, you kind of lived in Weymouth for for a set period of time, um, I'm assuming you weren't allowed to work over there. So and it's you're not professional. Uh, you're not professionals in the, the fact that you don't sort of earn high money as as, as windsurfing uh, um, as windsurfers. So how did you how did you cope with that funding? Did you manage to get sponsorship, or or, or did or did you have to kind of go, right? Two two hours in the morning is me working online, and then I do training. How do you, how did you balance all
2: that? Uh, so I had a lot of support from uh, from sponsors back home uh, and also um, High Performance Sport and, and Yachting New Zealand were, were very um, good in that respect. But um, probably uh, a lot of it for me was actually the Dutch team. Uh, so they, they had a great setup up there. They had, a, they had a house that was um, fully catered for uh, and I actually just lived um, within that team, within that group environment. So... Um, very lucky in that respect. So I, mean, I think one, one year we, we spent 100 days of the year um, in Weymouth embedded. So uh, with little little trips out because we're, um, we're keen mountain bikers and that was part of our, um, our, our training um, schedule. So we'd shoot off to Wales every now and then. So we really enjoyed um, that time that we spent there. But, um, yeah, primarily being able to stay that that long uh, in Weymouth is, um, yes, with the, the duchies we're able to, to make, let that happen.
0: Oh, thank you, Holland, for supporting our Olympic bid. There, um, the, um, they got they, they, they got a little return on it. It's, it <laughs> it <all worked. laughs> Um How important is it? I mean, so, so, one of the things we've, that that's what one of the Americas Cup teams have said is that they need to, they need to be here in the five weeks um, preparation per race course uh, for the Americas Cup. How important is it knowing those local waters and having that time in 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 a place like Weymouth, for example, for a big regatta like that to learn the local conditions. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm guessing you don't and, and, and is it something that you learn over years by going back to the same regattas and, and get, and, get it, uh, and learning the local conditions?
2: That's it. And and sailing is such in the, an an experience based sport. You know, there's uh, there, there's the, the the skill side and the physiological side, but there's also um, the decision making side. And and each um, each different. Uh, location in each different course area is exactly that. It presents a different set of challenges. Uh, so that is that is why typically that um, the, the sailing team spends so much time um, on site, uh, just learning learning the subtleties, particularly around Olympic times. You know, because different times of the years um, they change things uh, in terms of the weather patterns. But um, but that is the one of the fundamental aspects of sailing. You just got to know know the wind and know the water, the currents, how the wind shifts off the land and uh, and, and all those parts of the game uh, is, is uh, one of the fundamentals, if not the primary. Um, and there's always that saying um, that in sailing, it's better um, to be lucky than good. Uh, and what that means is basically that, y- that you have this invisible force that you're chasing around the ocean um, that, that can make you look pretty good at times or make you look really bad uh, in the wind. So, um, yeah, that is, that is a critical aspect about spending, spending time at, at the venues
0: and has uh, obviously with foiling you've got less contact with the water so is is, is that reducing the impact of currents or, or, or is that still
2: or is that still a big a big part of it no it's still still a massive car uh, massive part of it and and funnily enough with on the foils you still begin to feel the turbulence um, in the water um, a lot like an airplane actually so at times you'll you'll feel the the vibration of, of the wings uh, on the foil Um like it's it's flapping, like there's actually turbulence through the water, which is a, a really interesting um, feeling. And in that you know, uh, coming from windsurfing, where you're typically just relying on a fin and you're stuck to the water, uh, you're banging around, but suddenly you can you can feel the turbulence through the different levels of the of the ocean, which is um which is an amazing sensation. Wow, that's um mm-hmm.
0: and the so so in in a, from a coaching point of view, because you've 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 coached a lot of, a lot of teams. How do you try and how do you try and speed up that experience piece for young sailors um, as 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 a coach?
2: How 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 do you go about trying to do that um, for those different courses? Um, This is this is kind of what we're starting on at the moment. So um, just starting a a new initiative with Windfalling New Zealand, which is um, which is an entity which has been um, born here. I mean, the sport is essentially born here to begin. in, in a lot of respects, and uh, the, the the team behind Windfall New Zealand are instrumental in bringing um, falling to the Olympic Games. So now we've got a little uh, a little team um, of young guys and girls, um, and with support of Windfall New Zealand and Yachting New Zealand, have actually just come on board now to um, to uh, help the pro- project move forward. And um, it is that experience thing, but. Um, the the issue that that we face here is that uh, we have to use and particularly with this lockdown scenario we have to use what we have uh, and the skills and people that we have on the ground in New Zealand uh, it's going to be a little difficult to get this this team offshore um, but we believe that um, with the people that we have behind this this current project that um, that we can fast track these these young kids to uh, to the next level we're lucky that a lot of them have actually um, haven't gone down the Olympic route, so to speak, at this point with the RSX, which was the the outgoing Olympic class, because they just uh, they were too they were enjoying foiling too much, and it, it's actually worked out in a really good way because uh, we we're already two two years uh, online with these these young guys and girls. So um, now the now it is the time to put all that experience um, to work. And and find a way to, to fast track these kids. I mean, the first thing is just to make them fast enough. Uh, but then we, we we've got to get them around the race course, and that's where the whole the whole experience side comes in. So there are fundamentals that they need to learn starting and and what to look for in certain locations, and 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 what you're looking for on land versus the wind and currents and things like this. So it, it is a process, but um, we're lucky enough to actually have um, the engagement of these of these young young people and also um, support. Of, um, some organisations helping us move the whole thing forward so uh, watch the space I would say
0: that sounds it sounds exciting I mean I, w- w- one of the shows that uh, a lot of people will have watched has been The Last Dance with, with with Michael Jordan and he talks a lot during those those ones about how he deliberately puts pressure on players in training to try and recreate what they're going fi- to what they're going to feel when it comes to actual finals actual, and so he knows how they're going to react um does it help having a number of people like yourself who have got experience uh, ca- can you can you get on the boards and, and and put them under some sort of pressure situations that they would expect to get in in more aggressive racing or uh or, or you're not at that stage yet to try and to, to do that kind of uh, that kind of training or, or or you're not gonna go down that route
2: uh, no, luckily enough, we are at that stage. Um, and, and I guess this speaks again for, for the joy of foiling that, um, Aaron and myself are also two, three years into this. So, um, it's now a passion of ours. So even though we're a little older, we've still got all the tricks. So it's, um, it is, is exactly that. So I, 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 compete national level and I train with these guys, um, a couple of days a week, uh, on the water. And then I'm also supporting them in, in, um, in a boat. So, um, Directly supporting them on the water another couple of days a week, so they get they begin to feel that um, the, the the pressure and I guess the that, that you talk of and also the um, the minute details that, that we work work in and the other beauty of that is I can just jump on their equipment and, and have a quick um, tune up and and they can feel uh, what equipment should feel like when it's completely balanced you know um, when they jump on mine if I've done a good job. Um, so there is that respect that we're um, we're essentially player coaches in that and that level. So that's um, that's incredibly incredibly fortunate um, position that New Zealand is in.
0: Are you also uh, if you beat them, would you go to the Olympics? I mean, are you are you, would, would you be uh, are you are you their competitor as well as their coach from that uh, that level?
2: Uh, I'm I'm definitely a competitor, but um, I will leave the Olympics to these guys and if we've done if I've done my job properly yep um then then they'll be they'll be beating me and they should be beating me so um if they're not beating me then we're in trouble so (laughs) Um, I'll I'll stay I'm staying fit and I'm staying as fast as I can and I'll use all my tricks but um uh in the next couple of years um if I've done my job right then they'll be they'll be kicking my ass
0: (laughs) so it looks like um Looking through your your LinkedIn profile, you've coached the the Brazilian team, the Korean team, the Finnish team. Um, you've 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 really travelled with your coaching uh, around around the world. Um, do you how, how is your um, Finnish, Korean, and uh, and Portuguese? Did do, do, do you learn the local languages while you're
2: there? Um, I, I don't spend long enough. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's the, the Chinese in there as well. So probably the Chinese was, was the longest period I've had. Um, and that's just, that's just a, a very recent one. Uh, and, and a very successful one, but now we're moving away from the, um, the current Olympic equipment. Um, there, there's a lot of challenge for the Chinese to, to stay competitive on the, on the new format. Cause it's very, um, it requires a very different, uh, approach. Um, yeah, so I have been, I have been busy with the coaching, uh, and that was actually during, during my, uh, competitive career uh particularly with the Finnish uh and the the Portuguese or the Brazilian was um directly after um after I uh stopped competing myself so um yeah very full but probably in terms of languages um French funnily enough but <laughs> <it> doesn't apply <laughs> to any of them
0: <laughs> um and so did, did you take coaching badges or is it or you or
2: purely coaching on kind of from experience uh it, primarily the experience i mean sailing is um uh is an experience-based um sport in that um so did you say coaching badges
0: yeah oh, sorry as, in, in rugby you have coaching badges as in so i'm a level three or level four sorry
2: yeah and if, if if you're any good um then someone else might hire you if you're not then um that's probably the end of your career
0: <laughs> right okay <laughs> So it's not as structured uh,
2: in, in in that sense um it, right.
0: um, one, one of the things that a lot of people say about top level sport is that it's in the top two inches and that yeah that, that uh, it's as much that a lot of a lot of the time skills-based play people are very even and it becomes actually to the mental attitude rather than the skills piece are you are you looking do you have um physical coaches or sorry mental skills coaches for the for your olympic pieces or have you ever used a mental skills coach coach
2: um, yes, I, I have um, extensively, in, in my career. So I guess there's a lot of um, you, you learn on the, you learn on the job. So there's a lot of a lot of tricks that you bring across. But it's it's been super interesting um, actually getting involved with with all these um, different young um, upcoming athletes uh, and and how they how they all vary in that um, top two inches. And um, and I'd say you know um, the, the the longer the your career, and I, I, had a, I had a long career in the Olympic cycles. So um, you you start to really learn um the mental side in the mental game uh and and how critical that becomes so it's very interesting now sitting back and being able to watch um these young athletes progress uh and how that um and how much they all differ and and you can see straight away um the improvements that need to be made in 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 those areas or not some of them are um, are already in, in great shape so uh, and and how that is going to progress. So yeah, it's 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 very interesting to be in a in, in a in a different uh, scenario, I guess. In that I can I'm sitting back and, and watching, having experienced and and gone through all those um, um, mental challenges through my own career.
0: It's, yeah, I mean it is interesting. You, you someone like Michael Jordan, um, it's clear he loves winning. Uh, I remember listening to uh, an interview with Richard Cockrell, uh, the in the rugby side. And he's like. He hates losing. It's a different mentality. And then you've got someone like um, John Kerwin who during his whole career felt never I mean, he's one of the guys that gets picked into it in all time best fifteens and yet he had imposter syndrome the whole way through his the whole way through his career, going, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. It's yeah, it it, it different people have to be treated differently, don't they? And you've got to find out what is what what, what, what their switches are um in, yeah. in some ways.
2: Absolutely, and, and and you refer to the to the Jordan documentary, and it, and it is a very interesting one. But uh, at the same time, um, like this, this is one of the things. That as a coach, I actually need to, to back off a little bit because um, as an athlete, I was very intense, uh, and and winning was was the number one priority. But that can scare a lot of people off and actually um, work work against a lot of different athletes. It depends on that, on on how they. Um, on, on how they respond. Um, so yeah, you need to figure out pretty quickly what, what they need, um, and, and support them in that, in that way. I mean, it may, it may be a Jordan approach or it may be very soft. Um, some people, um, will, uh, quit on you if you, um, if you go, go at them hard like that. And I guess that that's a way of figuring out if they, if, if they really want it or not, but at the same time, um, maybe they just, just need a different way just to be looked at in a different way.
0: Yeah, I, this was, uh, Jordan's way was clearly my way or the highway. Um, very much. which was, was very much so. Um, but then we've looked at Eddie Jones, when the, the first thing he did when he joined the England team was he put his arm around um, people like Mako Vinopola and said, hey, I want, I want you to play like a, like a Tongan. Um, whereas when he approached somebody like um, James Haskell, he would give him a, pro, a, a protein shake each morning going, this is the shake that's going to make you better. And those different approaches... To, to people who, I mean, they're all international sportsmen. They all want to be there. Mm. Um, yeah, they, it, it, you say it's about finding. It's, yeah, if you push people the wrong way, they will. Yeah, they, they can quit if it's if it if it's the wrong way. Um, the now you're not a full time coach, are you? You you also run a uh, an electric bike company.
2: Uh, yeah, it's very neglected. Given that I'm, I'm always, um, I spend too much time offshore. Um, but this has just come come about as um, as one of the sports I compete in, um, stand up paddleboarding. Uh, the designer of uh, the stand up paddleboards boards is a guy called Matt Razier, um, who then went on to develop an electric bike company, which I love the look of. Um, so we experimented with the idea of bringing them to New Zealand. Um, given that I, I just love the whole powered by. Um, Uh, nature in a way because these these bikes are um are able to be powered by the sun they have a little solar charger and things like this so um and they're they're a lot different they're they're just very different um um way of getting about town uh and a very cool way to get about town so yeah it was just uh i'm always interested in, in in different things and 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 i like the whole business side of um life so um yeah just looked into into promoting these bikes in new zealand
0: Okay, so you're the, you're the importer of these ones. You're not. It's, um,
2: the uh, you're not actually you're not actually building them yourselves. The importer, yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, the, the designer of the pedal boards. Um, they're based in Barcelona. Um, so, yeah, we have a little bit to do with them. But um, just the, the the concept was was I thought appropriate for New Zealand. Yeah.
0: So, guys, uh, check out Rayvolt Bike um, NZ. The they've got there's four different designs on there, uh, including one that's uh, with with fat tires to go on the beach. So, yeah, you can. You, you, what, what you need though is some sort of um, attachment so people can can put
2: can uh, clip in their, their surfboard and. Uh, yes, we we also have that.
0: You also have that. You do okay. <laughs>
2: yeah. So they're they're very much um, beach culture orientated. So yeah, you, you've got to be able to take your surfboard there. And um, uh, the logistics have actually just changed slightly. Uh, I've partnered up with, uh, with with a team in um, Christchurch just to um, just to expand the range and and so there's a bit more full time um, support on the ground when I'm when I'm offshore. So. Uh, that should should be uh, rolling out pretty soon, and um, and hopefully we'll see a few more bikes cruising about.
0: Now you mentioned there, uh, touched on that the, your, your other sports because whilst we've talked a lot about about windsurfing, you also um, apparently qualified for New Zealand uh, for the to, to, to represent New Zealand at um, the triathlon world championships, but uh, but unfortunately clashes meant you didn't, didn't you didn't go along. So what other, was 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 your triathlon just purely? Uh, about conditioning for 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 surfing, or is that something, or, or just another passion?
2: Uh, it started off in that way, um, but um, so it's it's based around the exterior. So I really enjoy I enjoy nature. So um, biking becomes became a big part of, of my um, conditioning off the water, uh, and that um, evolved into mountain biking. And um, and I just I just I always tend to find my my way into nature at some point uh and then um the com- competitive side of me um found xterra which uh, is was at that point um the, the qualification was down in Rotorua, a uh, place that i spend a lot of time so um I had to uh, i, I swam quite a bit back in the day but i had to learn how to kind of go fast again um i run reasonably well and i mount bike reasonably well so it all came together and um, for a couple of years a yeah, year i was qualified for the team to go away to to maui and never it always clashed with with something on the um, on the on the main uh, side of things. So um, yeah, wasn't able to go. But funnily enough, during lockdown, I got um back into my biking pretty heavily, uh, and now that's um that passion has been reignited. So um, so yeah, that's, I've got some some ideas, but we'll see.
0: Um, and then you also you've um stand up paddleboarding. You've also been to, you've also represented New Zealand at the World Championships for that as well
2: yeah again so that was uh, that was something that crossed over really well um, that, along the training sides it became actually a really um, pivotal part of part of my training um, at some point but then again you just become uh, you become quite good um, and then you you know you can qualify for these things and that one did fit so that was um, um, a trip to Sayulita, Mexico which is which is an amazing experience. So it's um, it's ISA International Surfing Association. So we're over there with the surf team, um, Daniel Carriopa, and, and it's a completely different culture, uh, just as just as focused, but in a very different, um, I guess, in a more relaxed way than you can than, than you would say for um, for sailing. But it was very nice to actually have a um, a start time and start at that time. So which is not very common in sailing. Sometimes you can be just waiting the whole day and not even get a race. So it's. Um, yeah, very very um, enjoyable uh, team to, to travel with. But again, you know, I'm coming back to that whole individual thing, individual sport, but team environment. So there's a, there's a theme developing here.
0: There is, isn't there? Um, and yes, it's, it's not that yacht, the yachts people are lazy and don't turn up on time. It's the waiting for the wind. Um, before we just say that, that you don't, say yeah, you had a start time and it actually starts. But with that paddle boarding was that um, was that racing around a course, or was that the uh, the the where you come in on
2: on on waves and, uh, and do tricks, which, which type of paddleboarding were you doing? So I was selected for the distance, uh, race. So that's, um, you start, you go out through surf and then you race around a, um, a set course, which was, which was brutal. I, um, I managed to eat a, um, a fish taco that wasn't quite right a couple of days earlier. So, um, the 30 degrees heat, um, became a little bit more intense, dehydrated state, probably one of the, 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 the hardest races I've done in my life. Um, but enjoyable at the same time. But then you know you 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 finish your race and then you get to support your um the rest of your team, the surfers, and 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 watch the whole um yeah watch the whole team unfold and and do their thing.
0: So folks, um this is where we kind of we get the different different mentality of of people who are competitors to win. have just gone and said, look, I had food poisoning. I went out on 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 the seat. I don't know if you actually were throwing up while you're out there, but and you were dehydrated. But hey, it was still fun. Um, the I remember listening to a podcast and I was saying, "Yeah, Grant Fox knew he was ready for the Rugby World Cup final because he was dry retching on the on, on the on the coach on the way there with nerves and things." That doesn't sound like fun to me at all. I, I'll be honest, as a as a non competitive person, or or not in that kind of way. That this that how you push your body to do to do those sort of things and then say it's fun afterwards. Um, does that does, does it, it sort of make sense to you or? or
2: Kind of having food poisoning, and um, yeah, no, it it it, it does. And um, I just go back to you know how I how I qualified for the Olympic Games um, for London. You know, there was a um, there was a really tight battle with um, the reigning Olympic champion at the time, Tom Ashley. Um, and a day before uh, the start of racing in, in Perth, which was to be our um, final selection event, I managed to stand on a cobbler fish, um and its poisonous spines broke off um, almost up touching my foot bone. Um, the doctors wanted to operate, and that would have been the end of my, my, my Olympic um, dream. Um, so, I, you know, I went to the hospital. I actually passed out in the hospital um, just, just through the sheer pain. Managed to um, get this thing under control. I had a foot that was three times the size, and, and I was racing in two days. So you learn a lot about um, how, to, how to repair your body as quickly as possible. And I learned a lot about what a cobblerfish is as well and, and, and how they operate and where to avoid them. Um, so I managed to get through through the world championships um, and it really only is testament to the to the time we spent in Perth and and how much we um, the, the condition we were in uh, again I go back to the, the, the team which was um, Aaron and Dorian and and, and Canadian guy um, Zach Blazik. Um so how they helped me through it as well but um you know, just going upwind in, in Perth conditions, which is rough. And, you know, um, your foot's in the foot strap and it's it's lever, levering against the board. And then every every wave is just smashing your foot. Um, those little bones are moving around in there. Uh, and and you're just wincing in pain. But it's just something that, you know, you spent four years dealing with this. Um, this, this this little fish spine is not going um, to stop me. Uh, and then subsequently, you know, I managed to qualify, did well enough, uh, finished fifth in the World Championships. Um, Dorian won, uh, so you know we were in great shape. Uh, came home, got operated on, um, and it still amazes me that, um, yeah, that I that I got through through it with with the the state that my foot was in. So, um, and you know, when you when you get the 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 surgeon telling you that he sliced in one side of your foot and sliced in the bottom and passed a a piece of material through and cleaned it like flossing the the bones out of your foot you begin to realise how um how serious it potentially uh it potentially was but wow. um you know it's just another another story in the journey
0: the um and uh, yeah so on that on the on the on the nutrition side though um. And say a fish taco was, uh, um, was was a poor choice, or was just a bad one. There, how how important uh, did you take your nutrition? And when you're traveling, how difficult is is it to to maintain your your um, correct nutrition um, for to keep you in, in peak
2: physical condition? To be honest, Europe it's actually pretty easy. I mean, the food is is amazing. So uh, you know, France, Italy, Spain, um, food's not really not really. Um, not really hard. Um, yeah. So in in that respect, it's. Um, but this this is the funny thing, in, in coaching um, with my Chinese team, uh, and how how folk how how much they enjoy Chinese food. They don't like I. I, I always was shaking my head at the fact that, you know, we'd be in Italy and be surrounded by beautiful salads and pizzas and, and all they'd want to do is, um, is find a Chinese restaurant and it, but, but it's, it's what you're also familiar with. And that's, um, I I realized pretty quickly to not, to not force them into, into enjoying the local, um, cuisine because that's actually what they operated on the best. Um, hence why they, I guess their bodies are craving it, you know? So, um, they just want that, that, that certain style of, of eating. Yeah. Um, which I guess why we kiwis are so lucky that um, that we have exposure to a whole lot of different ranges of food. So we're quite happy eating a pizza or a pasta or or a salad.
0: Yeah, you say. But around Europe, it's relatively it, it, it's safe for me. I've talked to some of the beach volleyball players who travel through sort of Vietnam and um, Cambodia and places where they have to be a bit more careful. Uh, yeah, and uh, they it's a little, but, yeah, little tricky. They, they they leave it until after the tournament before they take before they try the local dishes just in case. Um, yeah. And, and, and things like that. The so we were talking about that about sort of the the, the cultures of the team, Because you said you just you're the, the Chinese team, you had the Korean, the Korean team, the Finnish team, the Brazilian team, um, and obviously, you obviously know the New Zealand team. But what are the cultures like? In the, is it, it we obviously we, we 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 from outside we look into China and go author, authoritarian regime, very very strict with their with, with their athletes, and it's very prescribed. Whereas Brazil, we would expect them to be much more relaxed um, individual flair uh, and, and give them more room to, to express themselves. Are those fair comparisons? Or when you get up to that top level, is it, is, 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 is it fairly similar in, in, in sort of how strict and, and how much freedom people are
2: giving? Uh, no, that, that is fair. That is absolutely fair. Um, but the interesting thing is that they all find a way to peak, to get themselves to peak performance. So the the Chinese, yes, very focused, um, very disciplined. Uh, but one of my my main um, uh, objectives with the Chinese team was actually to open up, open them up a lot more. Uh, and you know, so the athletes are, are they're willing to do um, whatever it takes, and if that means um, learning to open up, um, that that's that's amazing. Um, it was more the administration that was probably a little, little more tricky uh a little bit more set in their way so you're you, you're constantly going against um what they know because you know with, with the chinese in our sport what they know is actually um is actually quite successful mm. but it was moving them through to that next level uh and almost um combining the, the best of both you know so um y- you go through all these different team environments and you can take out little pieces and you can create the perfect team you know the finish they're very precise the Brazilians are very um, passionate and emotional. Um, the Chinese train like nothing else. So if you, you, know, if you could take little bits of, of everything and, and the Koreans are, are, are somewhere in between, um, little bits of all of those teams, and, and the Kiwis, you know, we're, we're our ingenuity. We're always looking to, to, to find a way to um, create an advantage. Um, so, you know, you, you take all those little bits and you can, you can create a pretty strong package.
0: And uh, yeah, and learn from each of those to bring yeah to, to for your coaching as 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 you develop, I guess.
2: As well. Yeah, I guess I've been lucky in that in that sense as well. But um, but the the interesting thing is that um, all of these different teams, they all find a way to make it work. Cool. Um,
0: so are there any other sports I've not touched on? Because we also we talked about paddleboarding, we've talked about the um, the cross terrain triathlons. Any other sports that you've you you just um, have picked up and just happen to be good at? I, I just I mean, for, the, for those of us, because you, you, you seem to just pick it up and just go, oh, I, I, I got passionate about it, and suddenly I'm, I'm one of the best in New Zealand. Um, any others you've had, you've you've, you've done that with? Uh, no, no, not really.
2: No, pretty, pretty much, we pretty much covered them <laughs> off. But uh, you know, you, you're very much a product of your environment. You know, you're a mm-hmm. professional athlete. You spend a lot of time on your bike, so as a consequence, you get you get reasonably good at it. Uh, you run, so you get reasonably good at that. And then, you know, if you do have a passion for it. Um, and you do enjoy it and and you have that competitive flow then um then, then you find an outlet so um even though you become you become a multi-sporter essentially so even though you're maybe not the best at, at each specific sport you become very good at, at, at a at a bunch of them so um yeah so i guess that's 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 a lucky side of things but the foiling is is opening up something another world uh in surf and um and wing and and wind and it's, um, that's actually to me is, is the future for the, for the ocean anyway. So, um, it's just opening up. Um, yeah, it's opening it up more than ever.
0: And, and it's, it's, um, I'm fascinated how you've, you've becoming, it sounds like you just sort of, you fell out of love a bit with, 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 with the, with the surfing, found another passion, got really into it. And now you're, and you're reigniting that passion for, for that surfing and getting right back into it again. Um, which, 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 which is fantastic to uh to, to, to hear um doing it so with the team though are you all based in one place or other are, are you spread around the country and you have to come together for the various camps or or, or, or have or, or do you have a kind of a base um where you where you, where you all live live pretty close to each other uh and uh, for, for for training is is there, is there a foil surfing center
2: of excellence as it were um, well, at, at the moment, the base is, is Auckland and, and specifically um, Wakatiri. Uh we, We're pretty lucky that um, a number of the um, athletes that we have on board are also with the uh, Defence Force, so they're they're based in um, in Devonport uh, with the Navy. Uh, we have another another guy out at um, Finaupai, um with um, the Air Force. So, in that respect, there's there's been a nice um, a nice synergy with um, what they what they're doing, which is. Um, Pretty progressive, and that you know they 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 are uh, it's they are uh, encouraged to go out and and be the best that they can be, um, and and whatever they whatever pursuit that they are um putting their minds to as well as their their day to day job. So, um, we're trying to work a little bit more closely with the defence forces now, just just see if there's a um something else we can build on that um, to. P- Similar to what's happening in, in Europe, with, um, for example, the French, you know, they'll um, they'll be able to be professional athletes, but have that um, um, association with with the navy or the air force or the police, so that essentially it becomes their career, but they're allowed a lot more time to to go and uh, pursue their their sporting goals. Uh, yeah. So yeah, but we have we have a few down the line. Uh, Taronga uh, is a hotspot for sailing, um, as we, we're seeing. Uh, and then they you know down in nelson but um it's trying to coordinate that group as much as possible so the hub is, is essentially out of, out of Wakateri um and um, yeah the Waitemata harbour is is giving us the playground we we need um for those people that don't know in the um in the
0: john the, the, the in in france i mean they have their own own sort of semi-professional cycling team um etc so yeah they, they there's there's been a yeah, there's a very tight link there you say between between those and, and and the sports and yeah, it would be interesting to see if we can get yeah the, the New Zealand um, Defence Forces on board um, as well, and especially the Navy would suit your your sports perfectly. I'd have thought.
2: Seems to make a lot of sense, you know. And if we can if we can um, start to get a pump a few more recruits into the Navy, I think it's um, it's a win win. So. Um, that's a that's a long time a long term project. Um, but you know a lot of the a lot of the athletes that I've competed against, particularly from the the, the European countries, uh, have all had that um, that support and also that that um, that career. So they're they pro- progressing. They're not just um, purely uh, a one sided athlete.
0: I guess as you say, yeah, it makes them all a more rounded person, and I mean, hence the old All Blacks adage of good people make good players, but also. Um, you need a post-playing, a post-sports career as well, um, which you, you, you've, you've gone into coaching. Um, uh, Tom Ashley, you mentioned earlier, I mean, he's now the, the, the CEO of Canoe Racing. Um, but yeah, you need something to do um, after, because uh, 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 you, yeah, you're not, you're not going to become a, a billionaire or a millionaire from foil surfing, unfortunately. Um, you're going to have to, yeah, you have to build that. Career. So if, yeah, if we if we can. Team up with people like that, so they've got careers to go to after their sport. Then that's got to be a good thing as well. Um, anything I've I've not touched on, or any any uh, that, uh, that you'd like to talk about before? Because I think I've, got, I've covered all my questions. Yeah, no, I think I think we're covered. Cool. Thank you very much for your time. It's been uh, okay. it, 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 it's it's been fascinating. Um, and uh, yeah, so folks, keep an eye out for all that foil surfing. We're actually. Yeah, where can people find out more about foil surfing? Uh,
2: uh, windfoil NZ, um, Google search. Otherwise, um, maybe you can put a, a, a link in there. I'm not uh, website off the top of my head. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> 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 I think it's uh, windfoilnz.com or windfoil. I'll, yeah, I'll, something, I'll,
0: something I'll, like I'll find the I'll find the for the link and put it put it um, um, put it down below. Uh, also, are you on the socials on the Facebook page and all that kind of stuff, or,
2: or just uh, just the website. Uh, Woodfall and Zed, yeah, that's all over Facebook, uh, all over Instagram, uh, and then probably the best way for, I guess, for Aucklanders to to uh, experience foiling, whether it be wing or wind, is to get to the lake with Ellen McIntosh, uh, and then the, you know the pathways open up from there. If it's um if it's something that speaks to speaks to the person,
0: so cool. So yes, yeah, so link down below. Um, don't forget to like our Facebook page and use in Sports Radio um, for more of these long-form interviews, uh, and also. Uh, join us at 8pm most nights for our shows where we talk about things like cricket, rugby, league, all of that kind of stuff. Um, Thank you very much for joining us and also you can listen to us on the move on the podcast iTunes, iHeartRadio all of those Spotify, all those wonderful places to search for New Zealand Sports Radio
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt Now imagine them getting even softer over time